went to school in Campbelltown. When, 90s? Yeah, I finished in 2000 at HSC. Oh, it was 2003. I remember in... Uh, Campbelltown Performing Arts. Oh, yeah, I remember that school. <laughs> no, yeah, I went, to, I went to Minto Public School. Oh, I'm, Minto Public? Oh, that's oh, yeah, even... In the early 90s. And my mum was a GP. She had a practice in Queen Street in... Um, Campbelltown. Campbelltown. But yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is Queen Street in 1992 and stuff. This is not... This is yeah, not. we arrived in Campbelltown in 98. So it wasn't oh, much different. A bit, bit better by then, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah I think, think it was way better by nine years. But now look at it. It's like so multicultural and... Yeah, but it's else. nice. Like, we had a lot of drug issues on yeah. the... Oh, back then. Back in the I mean, you couldn't go to, like, because our... If, if I went to work, because I used to work in Bankstown. Yeah. I, I, got, I got robbed at Lipcombe Station. Because on Sunday afternoon, you had to come... You couldn't come through straight through Barella. Yeah. You had to go through Lipcombe and what. Yeah. And I put a couple of dollars in a... In a vending machine, there's yeah. a big island of blokes, like three times the size of me. Oh, I'm sorry. Bro, how much money you got? I was like, oh, I just got a drink. Give us a change. Like, okay. How much they rob you for the 80 cents? That was pretty much it, like three or four dollars. You could have just asked me, say, mate, can you buy me a drink? I used to, you know, back, uh, still studying, so I used to get paid cash. Oh. And I used to always just stick it in my inside pocket. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, well, he's still safe. But. Um, Sorry, I'm a half fob. I'm sorry, we did that to you. Today, today's <laughs> I'm here with Amar Singh. He's uh, come here to talk to me about something I'm fascinated in is Sikhism and uh, also his organization Turbans for Australia. So today we're going to talk about what is Sikhism, uh, what is Turbans for Australia about, where does it fit in the Australian community. Uh, in fact, we've already started to talk about what is Australia really. And also, um, I'd love to get into the religion, the faith. Like, what it, what it, what does it mean? What does it teach? What is it? Um, what where do ethics and values come from? So anyway, thank you for coming all the way from Sydney, Emma. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So we've already started to talk about because we're both from Southwest Sydney, uh, and maybe we should just reiterate because we said it off camera about Australia. What is Australia? Because as I said, I had a previous guest there saying, you know, we have this image of Australia that is kind of like an Anglo place in some ways. But within that, there are some nice communities. There's an Asian community down here. There's the FOB community over there. There's the, um, f- sorry, I'm Maori, FOB, fresh on the boat. That's what that means. People may not realize. Um, uh, and then we have the Indian community. They're all down in, you know, Dandenong and whatever. But I put it to you that that's not the case. It's not Australia, white, Anglosphere with some injections of colours like us. We are Australia. I think Australia mainstream is the migrant mainstream now. We've seen from the latest census as well. Being Australian is not about being blonde and mm. you know Caucasian. It's mm. about being Asian, Maori, mm. Islander, whatever your ethnicity is. That's what Australia brings together. Mm. And the diversity in our food, our culture shows that. Mm. So we should got to be proud of every inch of our heritage, our cultural, our differences, because that's what makes us great. Mm. So when so when people look at you or me or you more so because you've got long hair and you're wearing a turban, there must be a level of uh, treating you like the other. That's right. Um, I felt that uh, because many years ago I wasn't a practicing Sikh. So what does a practicing Sikh mean? Yeah, you could be still born in a Sikh faith and not have the beard or the turban. Oh, so you didn't have the beard on the turban. That's right. So with my accent and my English and the way I, I, I muck around sometimes, people yeah. were all like, hey, I'm a kid in here. Yeah. And when I started practicing my religion, I was like, uh, what do you want, mate? <laughs> I spoke to you on the phone. Yeah. Because they can sort of see the accent and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, right, you. 
So like, okay, so you're judging me by the way I look, but on the phone when I spoke to you, you were normal. So that's the sort of reaction you get. Mm. It's very different and it's somewhat insulting as well. Mm. Because if you're going to keep asking us where you're born or where you're from or where's home, this is our home. You've had that before, where are you from? Oh, plenty of times. I can't remember. I mean, probably more than I've got greys in my beard, but everyone asks that. Oh, where's home? This is home. Well, you say Sydney and then they say, yeah, but where are you really from, like originally? They keep, a, <laughs> a, they, keep, they keep sort of digging it, you know, scabbing away. But it's, it's not about that. And I always feel mm. that our kids, mm. you know, whatever culture they're born in, and my son, he's born in Bankston Hospital. Mm. My other one's born in Liverpool Hospital. Mm. Are they going to ask them as well? Because, because most likely they'll grow up as practicing Sikh mm. as, as well. So they'll have a beard and a turban mm. when the time comes. Mm. So we have to stop judging people. As Australians, we have to respect every culture and be equal. Yeah, I agree. And look, uh, um, to be fair to those on that side who are doing that, a lot of them are well-meaning. Like they're, they're, They find it awkward. Some of them, they're not all aggressive. They're, they're mm. saying, I'm not sure. Like, they're not used to seeing different looking people around the place. So anyway, we're all growing together. Uh, you've already talked about the turban and the beard. Everyone's <laughs> wondering, why do Sikhs have long beards and the turban? Like, we'll get into what is the religion and, and why yeah. and so on um, deeply. But w- why do you look different? I look different because this is the natural look. The what? So the natural look. Oh, of course. Right? So in the morning, you would have to go have a shower or whatever. You have shave. I did. Yes. I just brush my beard, brush my hair, put a turban on, and away I go. So this is not, you don't trim beards in Sikhism? No. As a baptized Sikh, yeah. you're not allowed to trim any hair off your body. Oh, really? Right? This is the main thing. You could be still born in a Sikh family, practice yeah. the faith, go to the, the Gurudwara, the temple, right? Yes. Uh, and you could cut your beard, right? But as a baptized Sikh, yes. you're not allowed. It's a sin. Oh. So is eating meat, drinking alcohol, adultery, oh. gambling, all of those things are not allowed for a Sikh. So, so our mutual friend Samir Bunga from Bunga Legal, who <laughs> introduced you to me, me to you, uh, he has shaved and so on. Yeah. So he's on a different part of the Sikh journey. He's not a baptized Sikh. He's so. not a practicing Sikh. It's like you could be a Christian born in a Christian family yes. and not practice the faith. He, oh. he still goes to the temple. Yes. He still partakes in the religious ceremonies and other things, but it means he is not mandated to grow a beard, pray twice a day, and do other things. Like and a Christian who go to Easter. That's Christmas. pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow. All right, so well, let's get right into it. Do you want to talk about the religion first or turbans for Australia first? Whatever makes you happy, mate. All right. I, I'm fascinated by the religion, okay? So you've already right. said things like it's a sin. Yeah. So, because we learn about the word sin from like a Christian perspective, uh, can you take me broad and describe what is the what does Sikhism believe right at the core? I mean, we could start right from monotheism, like God. Is there mm. a God? Who is it? And... Sikhs believe in one God, so we believe that all the faiths are a way of getting to that one God. Mm-hmm. We don't have a separate God, right? Mm-hmm. And Sikhism always respects every other religion. So you'll see Sikhs who you know endorse you know, Hindu. Muslim, Christianity, other faiths as well. And that's normal for us because we're not meant to say you're better than them or it, there's no us and them. It's about respecting every religion. In fact, if you look at Sikh history, uh, our 10 gurus, some of them actually gave their own life and family, sacrificed them for protecting other faiths or women. So it's very important. Sikhs are a, um, a meditation community plus also a very proactive community because we have the Sikh martial art called Gatka. So we are saint warriors. Oh. So, so, okay, well, so much. Okay. <laughs> so, so, if, so there's one, one God, monotheistic religion mm-hmm. um, or, or faith. Some people don't like to say religion, but whatever. 
uh, monotheistic faith and uh, you, you're saying that you respect other faiths. How is that possible if there's a conflict in the sense that you're saying you endorse other faiths, but those faiths believe different things? I'm not talking about tolerance and coexistence. I'm saying when you say endorse, do you mean you're saying that this Islam is correct, Christianity is correct, or are you more just tolerating their free choice to believe what they it's, believe? It's like everyone else's choice, what they, what they eat, what they believe in. And that's what we do. So as long as you're not forcing your views on me to say, for example, I'm a Christian, I must do this, you have to do this, then that's wrong. Yeah. Same for me, as a Sikh, I might just say, you have to grow a beard. Because I'm a Sikh, I'm allowed to grow a beard, you have to grow a beard. That's wrong. So religion is not something you force upon people. But they do. Christianity and Islam have had histories of doing that. Every religion has some sort of history, but I think in our faith, to my best understanding, is about... Faith is not about forcing others. Mm-hmm. I remember how I said before that I wasn't a practicing Sikh. Yes. So I chose to become a practicing Sikh because I wanted a different life for my kids mm. and I wanted to be closer to my faith. Mm. I was born in a Sikh family and I was always clean shaven. I had short spiky hair and a French beard. Mm-hmm. If you looked at me back then, it was very different. Mm. So for us, it's all about accepting your own thing because it's a very personal journey. It's like getting in a car, you start it, but if you don't put it in a drive, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what faith is to me. You get in a car and you practice those things. That's where you get somewhere in life. What age did you become practicing? I was 22, I think, and now I'm 40. 22, okay. Why did you start practicing? I think, I guess I was over the partying and the drinking. Oh, so you you indulged in the secular lifestyle? Yes, Ah. before. Like yes. I said, I wasn't practicing. Yes, I, think sure, I was still sure. born in the faith. I still went to the, the Gurdwara sure. and everything else. Sure. But now I don't do that. It was, it's probably better. Looking at the amount of drugs there are and alcohol and probably would have lost my license many times over. So I thank you. <laughs> so you why, why, what, what, take me through that journey of you were indulging in that lifestyle and then you, you were unhappy with it. What was that journey? I think one of the things that really bothered me was, you know, if you go out the night and you come home midnight or 2 a.m. in the morning, you smell like cigarettes because you've been in a place where people smoke. Back in the days, people did smoke. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't happy. And even now, if I go out, I still like to have fun with my friends. Yeah. It's to a level where I'm content with myself. Right. I'm not double judging, oh, I've got to leave my car here because I can't drive now. So for me, it's about personal, my personal journey, and I'm very happy with it. And that's what, if I wasn't happy with it, I wouldn't be doing it. So you, you, do you feel, happy, you feel happier now? Do you feel more or less free now? I feel happy. I feel content. And I feel okay with myself. And that's what matters for me. Okay. So the idea of free and rules, religion, that we're not, that's not something you consider? Because that's an accusation of people who, I'm a Christian. Mm. They say, oh, you're all about rules. I think there are rules on everything. We're doing an interview. There's rules. We've got a, you know, Social rules. So there's rules that exist. On a road, there's rules. In mm. life, there's rules. In a family, there are rules. There's mm. nothing wrong with rules. If you're over-governed, that's mm. what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And if, if a religion tells you you must hate someone else, mm. then you've got an issue. But I think if, if you're serving humanity, we're looking after fellow men, no matter what faith, what religion, what background they are, I think we're, we're, in, we're in a good space. Okay. All right, so let's go back to, so you've got, you got, you got a single God. So what is sin? Sin system. is something that's not allowed, right? For example, adultery. Yes. Doing as a baptized Sikh, doing drugs or alcohol, committing a crime, yeah. having a dishonest way of life. In Sikhs, it's a very big um, sort of uh, commandment to earn an honest living. Yes. So that's one of the things. In Sikhs, we have three things. You meditate on the Nam. It's yeah. called 
uh, Nam Japana, right? What is one, that your holy text? The Nam uh, this is a three of principles, yeah. One oh. Chakana uh, means you share with everyone yes. what you have, and Kirtakarna. Kirt is to earn an honest living. So those three commandments are you know, preached throughout the community, and they're very important. If you look at it, if, if everyone earned an honest living, the world would be a lot happy place. That's true. We wouldn't be having these massive raids of police, you know, seizing billions of dollars, and yet somebody on the street is begging for two dollars so that they can buy a packet of food or a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think if the whole world was Sikhism, it was Sikhs, is it, that's right to say it? Sikhs, yeah, Sikhism is the religion, yeah. Yeah, if, if the whole world was Sikhs, it'd be a much nicer world. Uh, so... But why is that a sin? Is there a holy text in, in Sikhism, that, like the Bible for Christianity or the Quran for, and the Hadith for Islam? Yes, we, uh, our holy scriptures is called uh, the Living Guru. It's called Guru Granth Sahib. So that's the, the scriptures that we pray to every morning. Yes. Every, uh, every temple has one. And it, it plays a very crucial role in a Sikh's life. Uh, you will be surprised to know that at a Sikh wedding, yes. at birth of a child, at any happy occasion for the family, even at a funeral, the similar prayer is read. Oh. And in the end, there's a verse that says, Tere Pane Pala, which means, you know, that we wish welfare of all. So no matter if you at a wedding, if you at a funeral, the prayer is the same. Okay. At the end part is the same. It, it's very important that in it we have normality, we have a standard in life. So our religion tells us that if you you know, get a lot of money or you become rich or you become successful in life, don't be too happy because it's material things. Right. If you're in, in a bad position, you lost your life, you, know, you lost your business, don't be sad yeah. because it's all part of the journey. As long as you're a good human being, you'll build yourself back up. That's why we see so many motivational speakers now, right? Yes. We see on social media, yes. they are all trying to get you to lift up your own morale. Yes. That's what it is. So it doesn't tell you to be attached to materialistic things. It says be a good person. Even if you go through tough times, you'll still see the light on the end of the tunnel. Okay. So there's some similarities there with um, Christianity, I guess. Mm. Uh, so, but is there, do, do your holy texts, uh, is it a narrative like the Bible where it explains where sin comes from, why it's bad? Because you've just told me what sin is yep. in, in Sikhism. But is there kind of a, a story of how people came to sin and why they sin and why it's bad? Basically, sin comes from your greed. Yeah. A sin will, might be just stealing that glass of water because you have it, I don't have it, I still. So that's a sin. Yes. So it came from greedy because I want something you have. Yes. And that is about controlling your vices. Right. So same comes to adultery or uh, you know, being dishonest in life yeah. because being dishonest is something that you want that someone else has. Yes. So it's about controlling your vices and being a good person inside. Mm. And that's why we meditate. The, the God you know, that we worship to one God tells us that be a good person. If you see something that's on the ground that's not yours, go give it back to somebody. Or if you see somebody's wallet fall out, give it back. So if society live at the same level, yeah. we'll all be happy place. So what, what's um, the name of the God? Is this God, like in Christianity? Yeah, we call it God, we call it Wahe Guru. Wahe Guru. Wahe Guru. Wahe Guru. So <clears throat> why is it, is it a Sikh wants to do the right thing and live a good life, like you've described, because Guru says to? Is that the idea? Because end of the day, all your sins will be counted one day. Oh, tell me this. So what's yeah. going to happen? So this is after you die? After you die, hmm. but even when you're living, the choices you make today, ah. they're going to impact you tomorrow, right? right? right. And that's what it is. So whatever you're doing, keep doing wrong today, it'll catch up to you one day. And that's why you've got to 
wake up in the morning, pray, keep yourself calm, yep. right? Have, try to have a good day, and you won't do wrong things. Because if you don't wake up in the morning, you do the bad things in the whole day, mm-hmm. at night time you'll feel it. That's like if you get on the drink. Yep. You drink too much during the day, your yep. body's naked. So in, in life, it's always going to come back to you what you do wrong. Okay. That's, so, I get that, but what about after... Life, after death What's in afterlife as well Sikhs believe that there's an afterlife yes so if you do bad karma yes you do the sins yes you will have to repent in the afterlife yes and but what does you'll it... get uh, no, not in the afterlife yeah. we believe that human form right yes it comes after thousands of species because every soul yes basically travels the light inside Right. You'll go through being a cockroach to a bird to a lion to a tiger. A reincarnation. Reincarnation. That's right? a belief yeah. in Sikhism. Okay. And then after all of that, you'll get a, another human birth to be taken out of this life cycle. Yes. So if you, in this human form, yes. you pray to God, you do the good deed, yes. you'll be free of all of this. Because life is not easy. Yes. We as a brother, as a father, we go through a lot of emotions, you know, a lot of ups yeah. and downs in life. Yeah. to be free of all of this. And so when you're free, where do you go? You're outside this reincarnate cycle. Yeah, you're light. Inside, you exist goes, as light. Yeah, it goes with the, the bigger universe itself. Okay, okay. So how, <coughs> if you... Um, is there... I'm just wondering from my legal background. Is there like... Is sin... Because you're talking about doing good things, doing good karma. Is that to outweigh the bad that you've inevitably done? Uh, post, uh, also that as well, but to, to be a good person. If you're doing good, you're being kind, then you're sort of building on that character in mm. your life. Your mm. kids are watching you. Well, I'll give mm. you an example. A couple of months ago, we did this Australia Day cleanup, mm. right? And my son came along with it. Mm-hmm. So when I was dropping him to school, he saw some leaves on the footpath. He goes, Dad, can you bring a rake? And I'm driving. I was like, what do you mean a rake? Uh, he goes, there's some leaves on the footpath. Mm. And I shared this with my wife when I went home. And she goes, you should take it. So I took the rake <clears throat> when I went to pick him up. And he actually got out of the car, cleaned all the leaves for others. Mm. So it, that's a simple worldly example. Mm. What we do today, our kids are watching us. Mm-hmm. Others are watching us. Mm. So why can't we know that the God is watching us as well? Mm. That's why we need to be in a certain way. For our life, our personal, say, characteristics to build up on this. And it's only going to make you a better person. So, so how do you measure whether you've, uh, like whom gets to measure, I guess God would measure whether you've done good things or not, right? He determines. How do you know if you've done enough? There's never that thing. You know, it's, it's like if you ask a rich person, when are you going to be the richest? Even the person on the richest Forbes list yeah. will say, I can still be rich. Another dollar. Right, another dollar will be good. So it's about doing the right thing because end of the day, when the judgment day comes, yes. you don't decide it. You know, the superpowers, the powers above us decide. Based you, on looking at my life. That's right. All your good and bad karmas good come way. together. Okay. Yes. And what you've been in life. Yes. And that's why you shouldn't hurt anyone. Yes. You know, it, it, all of those things count. And if, and if I have too much bad karma, is there one judgment day or does it happen every cycle of reincarnation? Look, a reincarnation is the one day when it happens, yes. when your soul leaves this worldly yes. body, right? Yes. Because the light travels. Yes. So... That's one day, but in, in lifetime as well, yes. if you make bad choices, they'll catch up to you one day. Yes. And that's another thing as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to talk about Sikhism because uh, you have such a huge focus on here now, impact in the world now. I'm just trying to get a hold of the theology of where we go transcendentally outside mm. of this life. Um, 
do Sikhs believe that they can, well, obviously you believe that you can do enough good karma to balance the bad, right? You just have to do the good. You don't have to count how many I've oh, done today. it's not about counting. It's not oh, about counting. So yeah. it's, it's about being practically good in your life. If you're good every day, then you don't have to count everything. How do you, you just deal, live that life. But how do you deal when you, uh, surely you see sometimes when you perform uh, less than you would like, make mistakes and you're like I'm disappointed in myself here mm. how, how d- does a Sikh look at that fa- that, failure that's a self-analysis yeah. so every sort of night you know when you look at your day and say I've done this right today I've done this wrong I could have done this better yeah. so next time that similar scenario happens in your life you try to make it better right. and you reflect upon I did this thing last it actually hurt me inside because right. it might not be physical injury yes. it might be a stain on your conscience Right. So you got to clear that stain, okay. and that's what faith is for me. Okay. So how do you know um, what is right and wrong in a world that seems to be, you know, definitions are changing, hmm. uh, and you, you talked about, <clears throat> uh, you know, partying and so on, and then you have hookup culture and one night stands, and all of this is is becoming normalised. You're looking into our um, our modern culture and TV shows that I've been watching. I'm thinking, gee, they've really normalised something there that. I was watching the show um, Chicago Fire. This is just about firefighters. And it's about a third of the episodes. There's some one night stand. They often don't even know the name of the other person. But then the whole episode is a, uh, a story arc about the problems caused from the one night stand. I was like, if you deleted that new culture of one night stand, a third of the episodes of Chicago Fire would disappear. That's, so I think sometimes people capture the sins capture the bad things to make it look glorified, right? Mm. Same thing with gun culture mm. or gangs. Mm. And young people go, oh, this is cool to be in a gang. Mm. They don't realize what are the implications of it. Mm. So that's what the same thing is. People get into drugs just by doing that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in school, coming fresh off the boat as a 15-year-old, some people telling me, oh, if you smoke, the girls will like you, right? Being in year 10, I was like, oh, okay, well, why do I need to smoke for the girls to like me? So there's always that attraction towards it. Mm. And that's what we need to be as human beings, be a better judge of life. And not every young person is a, is a better judge of life. You know, we, we've all been there. We've done mistakes. But again, you're right. Sometimes our, the world around us makes things normal or makes it okay. If you want to smoke, if you don't want to smoke, if you want to do things, but it's not the right thing always. So you have to have a core set of values that you reflect back to, to say, is this right by me? How is this going to affect my life? How is it going to have any impact on people around me that I care or love for or my family? And that's what every decision should come back to. So if you were to um, be faced with the decision whether to smoke or not as a Sikh, you would measure that decision based on the effects it would have on you and say it's going to have bad effects, so therefore it's a sin? Or is it more that the holy text says something about your body or something? Well, look, right now uh, in, in the mindset that I'm at, it's more like my religion tells me not to, and I don't feel a need for it. It might be cool to smoke when you're young and impressionable to say, I smoke as well. Yeah. But if you look back at it, it's actually doing you more harm. Yeah. Now, people, the government's spending millions of dollars yeah. just to tell people don't smoke. You're going to yeah. get lung cancer, you're going to get mouth cancer, or you're going to yeah. get this cancer, putting the photos on the packaging as well. Yes. So now they're spending millions on this. If they had spent that, instead of being cool about smoking, yeah. maybe times will be different. So I think it's a decision for yourself to step away from those things and make a calculated decision. For me, it's a mixture of those things. 
when I didn't smoke before, when I was, wasn't a practicing Sikh, it was, I, didn't, I didn't feel the need for it. A cost of it, yeah. the health implications, yeah. what it could potentially do wrong to me. Yeah. Now it's more about um, more religiously aware that it's a wrong thing to do. Simple. So when we look at this culture that seems to be going further and further like that, um, what, what, what do you, how do you talk to people who are kind of drifting to that normalization? So, so the message of Sikhism, is that even something you guys think about? And we need to tell people there's a better way to live. That's what, yeah. Sikhs have a very simple life. Yeah. Remember I spoke about materialistic things before. Yes. You can gather all the wealth buy all the cars, all the houses, yes. but then nothing's going to go with you. Yeah. So why waste your life? Again, if you want to make too much money, somewhere along the line you're going to be dishonest. Or the temptation will come in to say, oh, I can do this from a, this business or this business. It's all about living your life to a comfortable standard. Have enough time in the day to look after your family, to meditate together, to work on yourself. So anything that takes you away from that stuff is, is a distraction in life. Yeah. All of these materialistic things Again, come into that part. So as a Sikh, you wouldn't value too much on that. So is it possible to convert people to Sikhism then? I'm thinking about like the rich people who might have all of those trappings of the world. Sikhism doesn't work on conversions. Okay. We don't have an active missionary style that goes out to convert people. Yes. In fact, like I said before, many of our own Sikhs who are born in Sikh faith yes. are not practicing Sikh because it's a decision, a yeah. choice you make. Yeah. Not that's enforced on you by someone else. So if I wanted to, to become a practicing Sikh, could I? Yeah, any, anyone's welcome. There's, in fact, in, in the U.S., there's a whole heap of Americans who are Sikhs. They're called American Sikhs. Uh, they even send their kids in India to study uh, in Amritsar wow. because they want their kids to learn the Sikh music because there's music as well. Yes. Uh, there's prayers as well that we're seeing. Yes. So there's a whole heap of cultural, same as the martial arts. Yes. So that's how there are a large number of people who have converted to Sikhism, but we don't actively go out and say, to be a good Sikh, you must recruit 10 more. So there's nothing like that. Okay. Like perhaps Christianity and Islam would preach proselytizing. So, mm. so, you, so you would allow me to become Sikh. You'd welcome me. You'd help mm. me and, and bring me in. But um, you don't go and try and actively... So you just live your life and I see a good example and then mm. I might convert. That's the idea? That's the idea. Okay. okay. Man, fascinating. So we, we talked about beard and turban. What's the religious reason why you can't, why is, you can't cut and, and why your hair? Yeah, what's the... Okay, so the beard is a, uh, is a th simple thing for men that God gave you a beard. Yes. It's a natural thing, right? Yes. It keeps you warm, makes you look look like a man that God made you. Yeah. So being a religious community, that's what we believe in. Okay. And it's not altering your body. Now we've got people who are cosmetically changing their face, Botox, lips, yeah. hair and whatnot. That's not good? I don't think it's good because some, somewhere along the line we've seen too many of those news coverage where somebody's implants sure. busted or Botox has gone wrong. So is it you a should be happy. Is it, is, it, is it religious? It's not allowed to modify your body. You see, so yeah. tattoo? No. No. Okay. Yeah. But I think, again... If we are, again, it comes down to, if you, if you look at the worldly things of self-confidence, if yeah. you have to alter yourself yeah. to be accepted in a group of people, yeah. then that's not you being you. Okay. So in Sikhism, it's all about you being you, how you are, you should be comfortable with it. And, and do women have the same uh, approach in Sikhism? Don't modify your body, don't cut your, shave your hair long. Yeah, hair. that's right. So uh, you're not allowed to cut any hair uh, on part, any part of your body for Sikhs. Yeah. A Sikh is a gender neutral word. So it could be a man or a woman. Oh, sure, sure. 
right? Uh, the turban comes from the ancient tradition. Because yeah. back in the days, the Mughals that ruled in India, uh, they had a thing about lordship, right? So if you wore a turban, you were somewhat of a stature in, in, mm. in, in the society. Mm. At one stage, they said no one is allowed to wear a turban. That's yeah. when our people started wearing the turban as a sign of rebellion, resistance, rebellion, oh. yes. So, but now the style that I wear and the style you might have seen commonly uh, on Sikhs, this is the old warrior style. So back in the day, they used to put uh, iron rings around this as well okay. as weapons. Yes. And so if they were in a fight, they'll have their sword, the dagger, spears and bows and arrows and more weapons on the turban as well. And those weapons actually will protect your head if you want to hit. So, so there is a warrior culture as well in Sikhism. Can we talk about that? Because you know, do you carry a knife? Yes. So as a baptized Sikh, we carry a small dagger. It's called a, a, a ceremonial sword, which is legally allowed for us. But as Sikhs, we also practice martial art, gatka. Oh. So my son, he's nine. He goes to the temple to learn gatka, which is a martial art. They use sticks and swords at a later stage. So can I? Can we see the dagger on you? Oh, I'll show it here. Oh, you wouldn't show yeah. it live. Is, is it? Is it like a private thing? Uh, yeah, we don't like to show it off. You know, like oh. uh, if you're going to the temple in a religious ceremony, we can wear it outside. Yes. But normally we just keep it concealed under the, the pants or the shirt. Is it used as a ceremonial? Would you ever actually use it in self-defense in this culture in Australia? If it's meant for, as a kirpan, kirpan is made of two words. Kirpan means to protect someone, an means to protect your honor. So if you saw somebody who was under duress, you could potentially use it, but then there's no need to use it. I mean, you've got triple zero in dial now on your mobile. So there's always help around. So, so you would first dial triple zero before assistance? That's right. Because really? the care plan is not meant to use to be used any time you think it's right. It's more of your own thing. But Wearing a care plan, it has a sense of responsibility as well. But you, you, but you, you cannot ban from using it in no, your faith. You could use it, it yeah. if you were forced to. Okay, I see. And okay, so there's a religious exemption to carry a a, a weapon, as our laws might yeah, describe. That's right. So we're exempt under the Summary Offences Act. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been actually stopped by the police a couple of times. Yes. Oh. Because on in my, if I'm wearing a traditional uh, attire to the temple, yes. uh, I might choose to wear the t- uh, the kirpan on the top. Right? Yes. So they might say this, and I actually had been pulled over by the police. In the police academy, they are taught about this to say the Sikhs wear a a ceremonial dagger. But some people, you know, they probably not know or whatever the reason is, you stop and you tell them what it is and they let you go. So when you're wearing it on your way to temple, are we talking small or large enough for someone to be like, oh, oh, call the police? Uh, Sometimes in in our religion, people wear a normal three foot one as well. Quite long. Yeah, full full flesh sword. Okay, no wonder people are calling the police on you. Okay, all right. Wow. Okay. Amazing. So uh, this, so this, the the warrior aspect of it sounds more cultural, mm. but yet it's not a pacifist faith. No. So have there been history? It's only a five hundred year old faith. It's not not that old. But have there been conflicts? There's been plenty of conflicts. Sikhs are well known warriors, even in in the time of the gurus, time time back in the medieval times. But in the current times as well, if you look at World War One, World War Two, yes. Sikhs were the most feared warriors. Yeah. Uh, in World War One, fighting War II, for the Indian under the British, yeah, under the British. Like, uh, if I give you an example of the Anglo-Sikh Wars yes. back in India when British first came to India, when was this? Uh, back in sort of the eighteen hundreds. So they, what are they coming to India for? To to trade, to oh, take okay. over, basically, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
after their first Sikh wars, they realized Sikhs couldn't be beaten. Uh-huh. And that's how the Sikh regiment started. They started recruiting Sikh warriors into their fold. Uh-huh. Because they knew that you couldn't beat this, this, this community because they're very good at guerrilla warfare, very good at war, warfare in general. And that's how the Sikh regiment that's currently in Indian Army started. And when the time came that the British were overwhelmed in World War I and World War II, Sikhs were recruited in large numbers to go out and fight. Okay, and this is in northern India? Northern India, yeah. <clears throat> Where the food is better than in southern India. I like the northern Indian <laughs> food. Uh, so uh, do you maintain, you know, you said you, you still do martial arts now, so you mm. still maintain that part of your, your faith. So you is it, is it um, actually practical? Like if I tried to rob you, you would actually have skill to overpower me because of your training? I think uh, if you stood up for yourself, Sometimes you can, you can fend off the defender, right? Yes. And that's what it is. So it wouldn't be using the extreme force. Yes. And I, I think any Sikh uh, in the best of their mind will never put out a kirpan to injure someone, no matter even if they robbed it. Because end of the day, it comes back to your religion, your compassion. Maybe the other guy that's robbing you, he needs the money. Wow. It's not like saying everyone come and rob a Sikh. Yeah, sure, sure. Right? Sure. But it's, it's about, you would try to understand why the person's robbing. Maybe it's, it's meant to be that he needs that money more than you. Who knows? So, is, so is it really worth it, you fighting a person for $5 or $50 or $100? So you might let him go, even though you might have the power to do something. That's it. right. It's, it's, sometimes it's not worth it. It's like walk away. Wow. Hmm? You, you, th- this is uh, fascinating because what, Sikhs, Sikhs get mistaken for uh, Muslims all the time, right? Not just Muslims, I would say. They get mistaken for Al-Qaeda. It's, you know, oh, ISIS, part. all of those. I mean, being mistaken for a Muslim won't be a bad, such a bad thing because it's, it's just it's a great of course, fate. Of course, but it's, it's my ignorance. Yeah. But, but that, that, this bothers me because the Islamic faith and the Sikh faith is so radically different from what you're describing. It is, mate. And that's part of the reason why I started Turbans for Australia. Mm. Because when I started, um, I became a practicing Sikh. I realized people either put you, oh, you're a bloody terrorist or you're Osama bin Laden because that's what the media showed them. Or you were like, oh, you're Muslim. No, I'm not Muslim, Sikh. So it depends on how the person's been brought up, what their education is, what their background is. Some of them know. Like if you, uh, if I give you an example, when I was uh, working in my younger days, I would have this bangle, which is part of Sikh faith as well. And some What's, people, what uh, this is a steel bangle that every Sikh wears. Why? Uh, it, it refers to there's no ending or finish to God. It also tells oh. you if you're going to do a wrong deed, it's on your hand. I can a see reminder. it. Like a cross. Oh. Right? Uh, so I was telling you, people could actually see these men going, go, you're a Sikh. How come you cut your hair? So a lot of people who know Sikhs, they know Sikhs. But now in the time when people are so indulged in their own life and all of the media, negative media since September 11, uh, it's come about. It's actually put a blemish on our uh, community's face. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, they shouldn't be attacking Muslims either. No, that's but, right. But they have been attacking Sikhs. Okay. Okay. How how is Sikhism seen by faiths like Islam, by Muslims? I think every faith respects the other faiths. I don't think we have a competition with any faith. Well, it, you don't on your side, but yeah. I'm saying on their on their side. I haven't come across any animosity from any other faith in my okay. time. Okay. I have only thing I've come back for comments from is. Illiterate people, that's what I call them. People that don't know about a faith or they just think, you know, your faith is about controlling others or mm. why are you wearing this, you're in Australia now. It's not about that. It could be in any part of the world. 
is still practice your faith. Yeah, okay. All right, so turbans for Australia, which you've raised, struck me as strange when I first <coughs> contacted you because it sounds like a proselytizing message. Are you trying to get everyone in Australia to wear turbans? What, what, is, what does that mean? Turban, turban is a very uh, large part of who we are. Mm. So when we started this, it was more like, what should we name a charity? We should mm. say turbans mm. to represent our community, but then it's for Australia. Mm. It's for everyone. Mm. That's what we always get stuck with when, whenever we go out on aid relief work during the bushfires, COVID, floods. Or how many Sikhs or Indians live in this community? We don't look at that. We look at human beings. Uh, That's why when we go to some of these remote communities, those towns, many of them, I've actually never been to before, or our team hasn't been to before. It's not about going to a place that you already know. Yeah. It's about serving where the need is. Doesn't matter who they look like, That's what right. they thought. Exactly. So, so do, do you you work full time for this now? I, I run a full time trucking company. That's As what well. my job. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So okay. this is my passion. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, this you're bringing us into such a key. It, well, maybe I'm ignorant, but it's what. Sikhs seem to be known for. Your community work is uncanny, it is outstanding, it is unrelenting, it, it, to the point of, I'm hearing stories of even in lockdowns when the government says you can't feed the poor, you're like, no, we need to feed the poor. Like, it's just so committed. Please explain this incredible commitment to all humans in the Sikh faith. I don't get it, because every other religion, even Christians and, and, and Muslims, they can have altruistic parts to them, but there is like a special, you're a brother and sister in Christ, and you're good too, but you, you know, you're, not the, you're not quite the same. You're not brothers in Christ. But Sikhs don't do that. That's right. Every Sikh place of worship, the Gurdwara, has a free kitchen. So anywhere in the world where you see a Gurdwara, there'll be free meals on after the prayers. And everyone's welcome to that. So we don't, as long as you cover your head and take your shoes off, that's not the only requirement. So that's what the whole meal thing comes from. I would, about, I would need to put something here. Not, not a full turban, just a bandana. Something, yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. because that's mark of uh, respect for sure, the church sure. and the God. And that's sort of the mandate in, in the community kitchen. Yep. It's all volunteer run. So that's where our practice comes from. We've all grown up in here, going to our temples, to Gurdwaras, working there as a volunteer, seeing that we can feed a thousand people. And if 10 people got together, did the work, bang, 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 you could put all the meals on. And that's what we do. So for us, serving humanity is the key thing. It's not about our fellow Sikhs or fellow Indians or fellow anything. It's about fellow humanity. Any human being that needs help, you should go help them without looking at who and what they are. How do you fund that, both Turpus Research, but also at a temple level? Is there like a payment thing in the religion, in the faith? You fund the temple and then they can provide meals to the hungry? Yeah, so the temple has a donation box. Yeah. People put in donations when they go to the temple. But generally, the, the food side, the saver, we call it, it's selfless act, is generally taken on by a family. For example, oh. uh, it might be my son's birthday. We decide to celebrate it at the temple. Yeah. So we take the saver for the whole langar, right? Langar is the free food. Oh, so you take food and put it there. Yes, yeah, so we'll buy all the... All the raw material, we'll call our friends and the kitchen staff from the temple will help, help us cook it. And then it's, it's for everyone. No, if you're invited or if you're not invited, it doesn't matter. How are you talking like there could be 20 people or 100 people? Oh, there could be a couple hundred people. Okay, so you're buying hundreds of dollars of food, thousands That's of dollars it. of food. And that, that again goes to charity because that person that comes to the temple, he might be in a bad way. It's about doing good without any connections if if we all did good to people that we know 
that's more of a favor that we have to do, right? Yeah. But if you did good to anyone that needed that, then we're, we're in a different place. Okay, so the, so the temples and charities like this are run by Sikhs donating goods, time and money. That's right. But, but the charity is a little bit different. We are funded by average Australians who see the work that we do. Oh, okay. And they not respect six. it. Oh, okay. We're not fully funded by the Sikh community. We're funded by everyone. Oh, we're funded by churches. We've okay. collaborated with churches, wow. mosques, yeah. you know, Hindu temples, uh, other faiths. It's just a, uh, Church of Scientology sends us okay. volunteers. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we're open to everyone. Yeah. Even our core volunteers are a group of people from different backgrounds, different faiths. Yeah. And we all work together because the, the goal is one, to help. I suspect that in today's age, at least from what I've been hearing through uh, interacting with thousands of people on social media since I've started this project, we have a couple hundred thousand people following us now. So I, I get to talk broadly mm. and I suspect Sikhism, as we've described, would be m the most attractive c compared to Islam, Christianity and all this because there seems to be a strong desire for social justice in, um, in in the secular community, mm. and certainly Sikhs um, prioritizes that. Do you find the reception to Sikhism to be? It sounds like it is because you you got Scientology and and everyone. And I assume then governments are very open to you doing things. Oh, that's right. I mean, look, even the governments help us. When the lockdown hit, I rang my local council, saying, "Mate, we need a place so we can set up our hamper drive and, and kitchen." Uh, they gave us the community centres. Same thing in, in Melbourne here in Wallet. <clears throat> when I rang the council, they were happy, more than happy to give us the community facility so we can do our bit. So every council has helped us. Every person that we go to helps helped us. People just watching our media coverage have said, mate, I've got a, I want to donate $50 or $100. Yeah. I always have this one moment where I really feel caught and lucky about. We did a hay run out to Canamble. A hay run? When the drought was here yeah, in yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah. You took hay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. So we did a hay run out to Canamble in 2015. Yeah. And we put out through 2GB. Yes. To say we're doing this. And one lady rang me. She goes, Amar, uh, I live in East Lakes. As you know, that's a sort of a in eastern suburbs yeah. in the city. I got $50 till my next pension. I said, look, thank <sighs> you so much for your kindness. Can you transfer it to our bank account? She goes, I'm 80. I don't have any internet. I don't, I'll, you'll have to come and pick up the dollar for me. For me, that was $50 million. Because if a person can put in their trust in us for the $50, the last bit of their pension for that week, uh, I feel so happy about that, that the person decided to donate to us. And that's why we do what we do. It's funded by the people, for the people. And most of the time, I think migrant communities and religious communities are accused of being just monotone. It's all about looking after their own. Yeah. Whereas we look after everyone. We, in, in lockdown, we got approached by a local politician who said the local church needed help. So we were delivering 150 uh, hampers to food. them every week. Food seems to be a common theme with you guys. That's right. I mean, food is what everyone needs, no matter sure. yeah. what house you live in, where you are, people are going to need to feed their family. But I assume that, because vegetarianism is big in, in Sikhism, yes? Yes. Okay, so you would only ever provide vegetarian foods at these things, yeah? That's right. As a, as a Sikh, you're not allowed to eat meat as well. But would you put on a Bunnings barbecue style barbecue to feed people in a flooded region, or would you make sure that it's all vegetarian? In all of the work we've done, we've never come across where somebody was hungry and said, I don't want to eat this, I only want meat, right? And we have put on a barbecue on Anzac Day, and we've put on a vegan sausage, and they people it. loved yeah, it. Great. Hmm. So 
if people are there, they're in a different mindset. Yes. I, I want to share another thing that we do. Please. We do a turban first. Yes. So for a, for a baptized Sikh, the main three things I get is how long is your hair? Right? How long is your turban and how you tie this? I guess you will be wondering, how does this turban wrap? How does it work? Yeah, but isn't that private? I can't know how long your hair is. No, it's not. You, so, huh? that's why we do this event. Oh. We actually do it in, we just did one in July in uh, Brisbane. Yes. It's a turban fest is where we set up a couple of tables in a, in a public yes. place. We tie turbans on people. Because if I'm in your personal space tying a turban on you, yeah. you're always going to carry that notion yes. with you, right? Yes. That's hot. And yeah. if you're allowing me to be in your personal space, and I find that that's when people are most comfortable, they start asking these questions. So how do you go to sleep? Do you take it off when you get home? Do you, you have a bigger one? Yeah, I, have, oh. I tie a smaller one at home because I still want to keep my hair tidy. So that's what we do to make people aware that turban is just a piece of cloth, yes, yes. a fabric. But the, the principle behind it is that's what matters to us as Sikhs. So it's not like Islam where, especially with the women, it's to um, hide, to conceal, to protect. We're not supposed to see. No, no, it's, it's not, it's not that. No, no, no. Okay. So that's why we do this event, to make people aware of what the turban is, why we're tired, and we have so much fun doing that. <laughs> You'll have like a whole family turn up. I wanted all my kids too. Mm-hmm. And that's for me is connection with mm-hmm. humanity. Because we shouldn't be hiding behind a turban or, or a curtain or a veil or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We should be all connecting with each other. And this is the best way to educate fellow people mm-hmm. because these are the people that we're going to go to business with, we're going to bump them in the supermarket, or the, our kids are going to go to school together. So if you get rid of these boundaries, we'll be a much happier place. So, you, you know, when you mentioned lockdown, how do you go in that? I mean, you're cooperating with some people there, that's great, but weren't there also some pressures in terms of you can't meet in your place of worship and so on? Well, at least in Melbourne, we couldn't do things like that. It had to be closed. How did you handle that? It was pretty tough. Because we are a sort of a very social community. Mm. Every weekend we meet at the temple, you see the people and being, uh, you know, not so proactive in the community as well, you miss seeing people. Mm. But COVID was tough and it's not by choice. And I think it was for the better of everyone. We saw people getting sick. In our community as well in the UK, mm. a couple of the temple priests passed away from COVID. Mm. So it can really hit 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 mm. you hard. Mm. And that was a bad part of it. But on the flip side, we were so busy. Mm-hmm. When disasters hit, when the bushfires hit, we were busy. When the COVID hit, we were busy. When the flooding hit, we were busy. Even now, we're still doing hampers. Every Sunday, we have a hamper pickup at our Sydney Clyde Warehouse mm-hmm. to three to 400 people. But where does Sikhism stand on... So, the, the, so Judaism, Islam, and uh, Christianity, I'm thinking about in particular, all have teachings within them. Mm-hmm. Allah is above government. Um, it, clearly in the Bible as well, you serve God before God. You serve government, you um, submit until they go against something God says and then you disobey government and do what the Bible says. Judaism, we had a bunch of people still meeting and some of the interviews I saw as they were fleeing their um, temples and being interviewed, why, why are you not following the lockdowns? And they'd say things like, we fear God more than we fear government. Where does Sikhism faith stand on that if there was a conflict? I think Sikhs are pretty much law-abiding citizens because if it's for the betterment of everyone, so it's okay. It's, it's like if you're going in an aeroplane, mm. they tell you to switch your phones off. Mm-hmm. I can't make that a religious thing. It's about accepting what it is and see what, what the common sense behind it is. Our temples were the same, same thing. Our gurdwaras were shut down. Mm-hmm. The, the community kitchens couldn't operate. 
there instead of you sitting on the floor and somebody serving meal to you in a, in a steel plate mm. you actually got a takeaway container mm -hmm. which lost the the sort of the value of sitting in a community kitchen sitting down and getting to know people mm. but that's what it is because we all know what the, the times are like so for us to go into a community and have elderly people there or kids there being affected with COVID or anything like that or even in the future mm. right precautions is the best thing for us it's not about defying the government or defying mm -hmm. things this is will of the god of course there's certain things it's will of god you can't change it but for me personally i wouldn't go as far as to say look above god and you know we're not going to listen to the government so for me personally it doesn't work mm -hmm. with that how far could the government go because we do have a history a world history of governments uh secular governments occasionally making decrees against faiths or any of the faiths where they demand things that... So, for example, if they said, you're not allowed to um, meet at your place of worship for a limited period of time, you were fine. But if they said, you're no longer allowed to meet, ever, so for the next 12 months... I think, what's the reason behind it? That's the main thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. If It's a hypothetical scenario, but let's say the, there was a bad reasoning or no reasoning. For example, closing the playgrounds on kids in Melbourne has proved to be there wasn't any reasoning behind it. How would the Sikh faith respond to that? I think... Again, it comes on the merits of it. If the, the sort, of, sort of, say, pandemic came back very strong yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. they said the temples were closed, it's mm -hmm. acceptable. But if the government just said all of a sudden no religious places will be allowed, then you got an issue. Of course, Sikhs are going to... Remember, we are a martial, martial warrior com, right? It's community. So we're going to stand up and say this is not right. Not right just for us, for every other religious community. So yes. what if you join forces or hands with right. other religious communities, stand up for a person's right to worship, to be a faith community. Okay. Because, for example, say with, um, in Victoria, we have laws now against um, uh, gay conversion therapy because of the Christian... I haven't ever heard of it being practiced. But anyway, this idea of Christians trying to convert people from being gay. Based on the scriptural premise in the Christian Bible that gay is not the way to... Um, it's, it's a choice and whatever. But it's to the point now where there are... Uh, Christian pastors who cannot say, caught up in that law is you cannot say there are only two genders, for example. It's now illegal. It can become under these hate speech laws in Victoria. So the Christian response by some of these Christian people is to is to say is to speak up and say, no, this is not right. I'm thinking of lobby groups like the Australian Christian Lobby and so on. Would so it, perhaps it hasn't touched Sikhism yet. But if there were such law that offended your faith, the Sikhism community wouldn't roll over. You're saying it actually would stand up and say, hey, this is not right. I think would if they went to enforce it in the, in the place of worship to say you must do this or must do that without any proper reasoning. But end of the day, if somebody wants to, a, a man wants to marry a man or be in a relationship, that's their choice. For us, it's, it's not about being enforced by the faith. Right. It's about if they choose to be in the relationship or not be in a relationship, then that's their choice. Okay, but do, so would a Sikh temple officiate a gay wedding? Uh, look, I think there probably will be an issue somewhere along the line, but I haven't come across that yet. Okay, because uh, gay relationships, I assume, are not part of the Sikh faith? Yes, in, in our uh, marriages, right? Yes. The man and woman are married to God. Right. They're not married to each other. Right, okay. So in the ceremony, you're actually married to the the superpower above us. Yes. So it's a very different relation. It becomes like a th three. Yeah. Movement. 
Same as Christian. Yeah, okay. the soul sort of marries up, right? So we haven't come across that issue, but there might be some contentions there and issues that might pop up in the future. But we'll, I suppose we'll wait and see what happens there. Okay. Yeah, because this kind of stuff's popping, popping up in the US, you know, try, trying to force a baker to bake a, a cake for a gay person is one thing that's commercial, but then when they force churches, Christian churches, to perform gay marriages, I'm just wondering where the Sikhs would go there. Okay, mm. interesting. All right, so what does the future look like for Sikhism? Because at the moment, it's a, it's not a huge, it's a large religion. There's a lot of people, but it's not one of the largest. Do you see it growing? Because you're not doing a lot of proselytizing as a, as a faith. Is, is it growing? Is it shrinking? What, I think it? Sikhs have never been about numbers. It, oh, it, okay. It's never been about being the biggest faith. Yeah. It's more about being connected. Like I said before, it's a personal journey. So even if you had 10,000 Sikhs worldwide, and they all did what they were supposed to do, follow their faith, do the right thing, we'll be happy with that. We don't have a numbers game to say you must have a certain number by this year or we're going to lose our membership. There's no thing like that. So it's all about a person's individual journey. We don't have a family plan where it must have three kids or two kids. Some only have one per kid. Mm. So it's, there's no mandate to grow your family to grow the religion. Surely you would celebrate, though, if a lot of people turned to live a better life and embrace Sikhism. You say, oh, that's great. Great. I think, look, everyone's welcome, like I said. So who are we to judge? Because end of the day, if you decided to convert to Sikhism, that's your personal journey. Right. And that's what we respect. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. Do, do you want to say anything about what you guys do? No, I think that's pretty Colton. much done. And Dustin was a pretty nice chap. Okay. We can go to Turbans. What's your website? T4A. T4A. Turbans for sure. T4A.org.au. And you, Omar, um, fascinating speaking to you. Thank you for being so open to educate me on... Thank you. Oh, hang on. How representative are you? I should have asked at the beginning. Have you given me your personal uh, view of Sikhism or is, it, is that quite an orthodox view? Most Sikhs would believe what you've presented today to the people. I think that's pretty much what most Sikhs believe. So all the young people that I talk, uh, speak to regularly as well, people in my age or people younger, this is sort of the values they hold. Mm. So not just something that I've read from a book and come and sp spoken to you about today. Mm. Okay. We're well, doing fine work. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you.